Welcome everyone to Live Loud and Launder, a bi-weekly podcast talking about everything from Bandcamp and beyond. This week we have Mr. Will Piler from Triple Knot talking about his contemporary Christian band. He is a local to Rocky Mount, North Carolina, in between Raleigh and the border of Virginia. This week we talk about everything from Christianity and music and what it means to spread the word of Christianity. So we will start with his song that he mentions within the podcast titled, Do You Know? And then we'll be right into the interview. Mr. Will Pyler. It's actually it's Plyler. Pyler. Two L's. Plyler. Two L's. But you're, okay. But I've been called worse. So okay. <laughs> uh, he's in a band called Triple Knot with his brothers. This and, is true. And uh, how are you doing? We're doing all right right now. Um, with the uh, advent of college starting, we've had to slow down things just a little bit. But we've got a couple gigs coming up later this fall, and I'm getting pretty excited about some of those. So you guys are a family band. This is correct. Myself is, and my two younger brothers. So you guys are a three piece. Mm-hmm. You, uh, That's right. So basses, guitarists, and drummer. Uh huh. I play um, primarily. I sing, do lead vocals, play guitar, keys occasionally. Uh, Drew plays bass most of the time. He will pull out the banjo when, if, if we're playing something that requires that. And Ben is a uh, drummer. Do you guys have any recorded songs with banjo or? A few, yes. If you go onto our YouTube page, uh, Triple Knot Studios is our YouTube channel, and you can find a few songs with banjos in there. Actually, occasionally, we'll pull out banjo in a song, but shouldn't have banjo in it. Like okay. You can, there's a couple. One of our songs on our last record, Sunrise, is called "Do You Know," and it's like this auto-tune, dark rock song in B flat minor, and then the banjo just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, check. Sounds it out. sounds like a lot of fun. It is uh, a lot of fun. Yes. Do you run into any problems with being a family band? Uh, if so, what are those? Any problems? Well, I won't necessarily call anything about it a problem necessarily. It's different. Your dynamic with how you interact, how you make decisions. And um, who has say in what is a little bit different in a family band versus a um, uh, just a band with your buddies because almost sometimes <clears throat> it's just like the way you discuss things is different because you remember that you're family and you have to like each other whether you agree with yeah. each other or not. So <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, it's fun. It does. It's definitely different. I personally like it that way because. 
it's kind of like a lot of bands when they um, if they disband or they decide not to be together anymore you know they they don't really have connections we I like the idea that we had connections with each other before we started doing music yeah. together and so even if we stop someday it doesn't necessarily mean that our connection to each other is over and I kind of like that dynamic well, of it who's I, well, whose idea was it to uh, start the band well I had started writing we started doing this whole band thing I think the near the end of my freshman year of high school um, I'd been writing for a couple years and Drew and Ben had just recently started learning how to play some instruments and um, honestly one day we were just bored and um, I looked up and we had a computer we just recently my dad had gifted us a old iMac for Christmas that year and uh, we had a, I had a $60 USB microphone <laughs> and, um, and, I, and we had a couple guitars and I had a couple songs and I looked at the guys and I was like hey you want to make a CD just for fun? See it, try it, and see how it goes. Okay. <laughs> so a lot of your first recordings were probably terrible in audio. As far as audio quality, yeah, some of the old ones were pretty. Because they were just like microphone up to a up to a guitar. We did a lot of them where I would how we would usually start is I would go in and um, this is I was not very proficient at multi track recording when we started, so I like go in and I would probably I would but we didn't even do it to click. I would just lay down a bass track myself singing and pl- usually singing and playing acoustic, and yeah. then we go back and lay stuff on top of that. And if the vocal wasn't loud enough, I'd sing the vocal on top of it again. So we'd have like two vocals. So yeah, it wasn't oh, the m- it wasn't the most professional so, thing in the world. It was, but uh, <laughs> but we had fun. It was we enjoyed it. That but, sounds uh, like that sounds like as a uh, garage as you can get it. Yeah, just just about, just that's, about. That's, wow. That was just our first record, though. Yeah, 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 our yeah, second yeah, one, we figured out that it wasn't a good idea for me to record acoustic and vocals in the same track, mm. and uh, we started doing it differently. And then our third one, we started running things to click, and uh, that made a lot of difference. So that's what I was going to talk about next is like your growth as an artist, and I guess one of the things is you learned how to do multi-track recording, and right. you learned how to actually utilize dolls well, I'm sure, mm-hmm. better. Did you ever get better at mixing audio, or how did, how did that work out? I feel like I did. Um, I had to once I learned a lot about um, you know how to use an equalizer, or how to use a compression, or how to use how to use the compressor. I'm sorry for my gram, gram, grammatical <laughs> mistakes. Okay. English is not my best class right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, we had, it was definitely quite a bit of a learning curve. I had to teach most of it to myself. I only knew, like one other guy that even did it at all. And uh, I couldn't learn much from him because he he um, he was getting ready to go to college, which he's actually an audio guy. Uh, he's a junior in audio production at Liberty University. Liberty, okay. So, um, but um, up in Lynchburg, but uh, he get he he showed me a few things, and then the rest I kind of just figured out on my own through trial and error. Try yeah. something that didn't work, and uh, then it eventually worked. And eventually mm-hmm. it would yeah. work, you know. But um, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. I look back on the recordings we used to make now the songs are fun to listen to but I will be the first to tell you the recording quality is not the best cringy recording quality a little bit yeah, 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 yeah. a little bit but um, especially trying to do drums with one mic I mean, when it's like a I think my um, my first microphone was a Samson Meteor I got it off Amazon for like 70 bucks yeah one of those little USB microphones mm-hmm. we did we did what we could with it and honestly yeah, 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 I feel yeah. like with what we had our experience level what we had to work with I feel like we did the best we could. So you guys are contemporary Christian music. You would That's say right. that you would say that you put yourself in there as contemporary Christian definitely, music. Definitely, definitely. You guys are all uh, Baptist. Yeah, right? that's right. Um, that's right. Do you, do you feel as if in this particularly where we're at because we're in you know southern southern belt Bible belt? Uh, mm-hmm. Do you feel like you found it easier to get your music out there and getting gigs uh, as a Christian artist specifically? Well, I feel like 
That's an interesting question. For us, we we didn't really start it to try to become famous or to get out there. Obviously, ours was kind of just we wanted. We thought it was fun, and um, we kind of did it to pass the time. We were also the time we started. Um, we were in a transition. We were moving from. Caldwell County to here. Uh, my dad was gone for several months because he started his job before the rest of us got to move. Yeah. And um, so, you know, being just at home with our mom for a couple months, kind of just to, it was, for a while, it was kind of a coping mechanism. But um, I feel like hmm, it took us a little while to get off the ground uh, for people to, just, once we moved here, for people to really start picking up on what we were doing. But uh, I think it happened in the timing it was supposed to. You know, yeah. the Lord opened doors when he when he thought it was appropriate. And uh, we, we've got a pretty good following now. Our YouTube channel has 113 subscribers, I think. So in the grand scheme of things, you know, that's not really huge. Yeah. But uh, we've played um, in most all parts of most parts of the state and uh, one gig in Tennessee so far. Um, it's it, gr- it grows every year. We get a little bigger every year. Now, has the majority of your gigs been contemporary Christian music? You playing your stuff, or have yes. a lot of them been? Yes. Have any of them been like you doing cover songs? Of- we um, for a long time we um, volunteered and played in a rest home, local rest home once a month, and we would play old stuff like Elvis and uh, Rock and Rob and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Okay. Um, and then one time we played a gig on April Fool's Day where we pulled out the intro to Eye of the Tiger from Rocky and played that just to mess some people up. Yeah. <laughs> it was that they got a kick out of that. But uh def- for the most part cuz our goal honestly is um we have a good time with music, but our goal with what we do is to take the story of God to people that need to hear it. Yeah. And um so predominantly yes, we are definitely Christian oriented in what we choose to play and what we talk about in our shows. Of course. Of course. So you you have found it easy to, to get gigs especially in, in the Christ community yes I say for the most part yeah we we get asked to do a lot of different things sometimes even more than we have the opportunity to because granted you know we're all still in school yeah. you know, I'm the oldest of the three and I'm, in, I'm a freshman in college so I mean, we're I don't, all still, I don't, with our education we're still pretty busy but and so. I, don't, I don't know how many um, I don't know how many gigs you did this summer but I remember seeing online that you did one mm-hmm. what was that for I'm um, not sure which one you're talk, referring to. It was to. the one that Sawyer. So, oh, through. that that was a festival in uh, Tarboro, North Carolina. We played um, a, a gig out there for at, at Trinity Baptist Church in Tarboro. We were outside. Uh, they had a little block party kind of thing at the end of their vacation Bible school. So they had like um, blow ups. And I think there's actually a, there was a fire truck out there. Like for okay. not like because there was a fire. Like, <laughs> there wasn't the, a fire. Welcome to the south, where you'll see a fire truck on the side of the street, and there will not be a fire. Yep, this is welcome to um, <laughs> um, Eastern North Carolina for you. So, what are your feelings on modern day contemporary Christian music? I don't like contemporary Christian music. I think it's very bland. I think uh, in some aspects, it reiterates the same lines and the same lyrics over the same chord progressions, and it's very mundane. Um, I will say, though, that your contemporary Christian music and what you put out there is very uh, well put together. Um, I would say it's... I think... I appreciate hearing that. I I think it's uh, good. In some aspects, I haven't heard the dark rock song. (laughs) From what I have heard, it sounds like a lot of really good soft rock kind of uh, mellow tunes. But your lyrics are what, you know, gets me is... um, it's not the same as everything else that I hear. You know, every Chris Tomlin song ever yeah. has the same kind of. Yeah. And, and I get it. You're trying to, and you are trying to reiterate that you know your love for Christ and what He does for you. And I, and I understand that's the purpose of these songs. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it gets so overdone mm-hmm. with the same uh, rhetoric all the time. Yeah. So, what are your opinions on modern day Christian music? 
What do you say that you bring that's different? Ooh, that's a that's a tough question. Um, I, in a lot of ways, I tend to agree with you that um, honestly, most like Christian music that circles on the radio. From, it's different. Let's do it from a Christian's perspective too, because you have to think of what the purpose behind it is. Yeah. Um, but yet, from a musician standpoint, yeah, I will admit sometimes the chord progressions do get a little bit boring. It's the same one five six four all the time, yeah. you know. But um, for me, as a Christian listening to other Christians, I tend to take a song more often for its um, for the message that it's speaking. For the va- that value to me matters more than um, the music. And um, so, like in, in a Christian community, a lot of us, a lot of Christians, have similar struggles, have similar things they're dealing with. Most most Christian music is meant to uplift and to encourage the people that are other Christians that are struggling. And so, if we all struggle with the same things, then kind of by nature, a lot of the songs will sound kind of similar. Yeah. For me, I don't know necessarily that I do anything different, other than the fact. That I try to not use a one five six four all the time. <laughs> I try not to use a. One, I tend to shy away from the one five six four yeah. or any combination of that six four one five. You know whatever. Yeah. Although I will not say that I've never used it. I look at Christian music that I write from two different perspectives. I look at it as either art for the sake of art or art for the sake of the people. When I'm doing art for the sake of art, like my songs that the chord progressions are weird or the lyrics aren't repetitive. And, you know, it's kind of artistic. I kind of see that as, you know, hey, you know, here, here hey, God, I'm just going to be creative. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm feeling in my heart. And take it as it is. But when I'm writing songs for the people, I try to not, I try to be a little bit more, a little bit more repetitive, a little bit more um, simple. Because songs for a congregation, like Chris Tomlin is a great example of this, those Chris Tomlin songs, I will admit, sometimes are kind of boring. The kind of the joke among Christians is, if you played one Chris Tomlin song, you've played them all. But he writes his. <laughs> but I mean, the, you're not wrong. <laughs> but the purpose of it, in my eyes, is a lot. One, it's easier; they're easier to pick up. And Chris Tomlin songs are more often than not written for a group of people to sing and to learn quickly. The simpler the song is, the easier it is for a congregation to pick up and sing along with it. And so for me, yeah, a lot of Christian music is like that, but I think that's why it's like that, because it's it's supposed to be simple. Because when you look at Scripture, I mean, the gospel of Jesus Christ is a really simple story. Man's messed up. Jesus came and died for us to make things better. That's not a hard st- concept to understand. Well, it gets, but it gets a little It, it can get complicated. But I mean, it's, <laughs> it gets complicated. It's complicated. It. If you get into the deep parts of it, yeah, it is. But the basic, <laughs> the basic message of the Bible if is If you not. blindly follow the Bible, it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I understand. But, yeah. I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's build upon this more. So, okay. well, let's look back at church hymnals, okay? I personally think that gospel is ten times better than contemporary Christian music. I'm, I'm personally not a Christian. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not an atheist. I'm agnostic. I'm in that weird point where it's like, do I or do I not? Yeah, I understand. Um, but I appreciate gospel because gospel, for, for, for what it's worth, is a lot more musically evolved. I think I think I would tend to agree with that. I think mm-hmm. if you look at if you look at old hymnals and you look at uh, gospel, nothing has changed in the last few years between the two. I mean, you've added a few things, you know, instruments or whatnot, but gospel to the core of it and, and most of it is it's written in weird keys 
It's written for which makes a group. it fun. Yeah, it makes it fun. Uh-huh. Uh, gospel's a very delicate and intricate. Uh, also, almost every gospel song is in three four, and who doesn't love three four? Yeah, 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 and and there's a lot of people who who sing gospel and they know gospel very well. So from what you're saying is like you know you need it to be dumbed down for the masses. And, uh, to it, put it bluntly. <laughs> to put it bluntly, I mean, okay. I, we're, we're blunt around here. Yeah, okay. I am at least. When gospel is not doing that, is it okay for contemporary Christian music to still do it, or is there come does there come a point where it's like okay, well, it's getting repetitive and not, and it's basically just pop music before but for Christianity. Yeah. I mean, I mean, nothing is wrong with having pop music for Christianity. I just think there comes a point where this it, it's become so diluted. Yeah. That it's just water, you know. Again, I think it depends upon what what audience you're going for and what your purpose is behind it. Yeah, really, you know. <clears throat> I think in a way, all sometimes depending upon what your perspective is, I think in a way any music can get like that. I mean, sure. to, by definition, if you're using pop pop for Christian music as an, exa- as an example, you're basically saying you know pop regular pop can get kind of well, I mean, boring regular, at some point I, too. I, you know? I, I agree that pop music is diluted anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. So again, I think it kind of just depends upon um, what your goal is. I think the reason why it's, in a way it's different for Christianity is because, I'll admit, for a lot of people, at least from my own perspective, yeah. okay, I'm just breaking it down for yeah, me, yeah. Um, Christians are in it for more than just the money, more than just the rush of the feeling of being on stage. Like, it, it just, okay, let me rephrase it. I, I, I am. That's my purpose for yeah. it. But I think there are some Christian artists out there who are just sucking the money dry. There may very well may be. I, I mean, can't speak to that. I, I don't, I'm not saying that I have any sources to say so. But yeah, I can't say I can't say yay or nay on that. It is hard to it's hard to believe that there isn't a uh, cash crop for these kind of things. You know? Oh, there. Like yeah. at some point, do you really believe Chris Tomlin is 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 uh, genuine in what he says? Like. At some point, do you believe that he is just making music and diluting it for the purpose of just money, you know? Like, I think there are some Christian artists out there who are doing it for the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I think there are some Christian artists who make who make songs and they sing them and they're very um, dumbed down, and, and they're in, but their hearts are in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Here at 3L, we want our artists to have heart, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why I chose you, because, you know, Christian artists with heart. Uh, I, I just feel like there's a lot of... I respect conti- that. I think there's a lot of contemporary Christian music musicians out there who are... They, they saw the money, and, they, and they're still going for it, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, not, not to uh, hate on anyone, but, like, Newsboys, like, why do they feel like they had a need to be a part of a, a movie, you know? Like, I, and maybe, maybe they just wanted to do it to spread the word. But I, I think at some point it's like, the, is it a cop out? Is it just for money? You know, those kind of things. Like, again, is it, is not, it just the not spread know, music? Not knowing these people, I can't really speak. Obviously, for yeah. But um, I mean, sometimes, yeah, maybe there could be both. I mean, even if your motivation is specifically for the gospel, which mine is, I mean, I've still got to make a living here. Like, I mean, like you know, like same kind of thing for like pastors. You know, pastors yeah. they're in it because. They love God and they want to make hit. They want to help other people experience Him on an intimate level. But they've still got to get money somewhere. So yeah, the people. It's the same thing. You know, people are paying for what they need and what they want. Yeah. You know, what Christian artists are in it for the money and what are in it for genuine heart. I can't really speak to but that. But do you believe that there there comes a point where making a living and then being greedy is 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 too much? You know. I mean, yeah, it can be, but I honestly think the same rule applies for no matter what kind of music. I mean, obviously, yeah, but we're just talking about Mm -hmm. in the aspect of this for now. 
But I mean, yeah, you're right. It does apply to anything, you know. You do, yeah. but I think I think whenever you talk about Christian music in in general, uh, you have to throw some kind of moral value onto it. I mean, you have to do that for anything, but I think it becomes more of an expectation that there's going to be morals to um, Christian music, mm-hmm. just because of what it's talking about and what it's based around. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to shine Christianity in this light of. Well, we're using Christ in order to make a couple bucks, yeah. you know, because then it doesn't it doesn't spread the message that you won't ultimately want to as as, mm-hmm. as Christians, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think it becomes more prevalent of an issue with contemporary Christian music than any other kind of music because in pop, no one cares. It's not really a moral thing. Nah. In any other type of music, it's not a moral thing. But when you're using a religion to glorify. Uh, to glorify the person that you are looking up to as a prophet, when you're making a profit on your profit, it's not. I like that making. A pro- that was funny. Yeah, it's a good joke. <laughs> when you're making a profit on your profit, where where's the where's the true value of all that? You know. Well, again, I personally don't know that I can necessarily judge anybody's heart. I think you have to just kind of. Um, uh, Jesus said in the scripture that you shall know who's genuine and who's not by their fruit. Like there, there were people in Scripture that tried to take the gifts of the Spirit and make money off of them. Any of those gifts of the Holy Spirit, like praying over people and seeing them healed, were what God used to put a spotlight on the story of Jesus, so Peter could talk to those people. You know, and there are people like in Scripture. I'm trying to remember the guy's name. I think it was Simon the uh, sorcerer who wanted to take, who wanted Paul to give him the Holy Spirit so he could go make money off of it. So I mean, yeah. There are, I'm sure there are people. I'm not now. I'm not saying who they are. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah I'm, just I'm sure there are. There might, there may well be, maybe may somebody. Jesus Himself said that not everybody who acknowledged Him as Lord in on the earth was really behind what He was doing. Yeah. I think you have to um, look at the. You really, it's hard to judge somebody from the outside when you don't know what their personal life is like. Yeah. I. Is there a chance that there's some of that out there? Yeah, there probably is because we're all fallen people and, you know, we all fall victim to greed just like anybody does. But um, they're all, I know that there are genuineness. I know there's genuineness out there and I know that there's prob- there's selfish greed out there too. It's the world we live in, you know? Yeah. So, But who is who? Is who? You know, I can't speak to that. I let the Holy Spirit show me um, the people that I, the people like the artists that I look up to and that I listen to on a regular basis. Um, you know, you have to, have to listen. Yeah, I watch. You know, I try to find interviews with people talking to them and stuff like that, and see, to the best of my ability, what their heart is. Yeah. At the end of the day, nobody really can know. It's only only the Lord really knows what everybody's heart's like. But um, if if it's a question of whether it's all genuine or it's all people trying to make money, nah, there's probably some of both. Yeah. But I can't tell you who they are. And I think and I think what you were trying to say earlier, and, and what I, I guess, um, as negative as I am about people making money off of a religion, uh, I will say that I do agree that at the end of the day, um, whether they're making money or not, whether they're greedy or not, it is true that if this music is helping people follow the Lord and ultimately allowing them to do what God would want them to do, then at the end of the day, what what happens with the artist doesn't matter. Yeah. If the artist continues to make music and people utilize that music in order to further their love for God, then that's that's the ultimate goal of Christianity. That's, right. mm-hmm. that's exactly I right. just think... I, and I agree with that. I think that's. I think that is necessary. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also necessary to not let people make money off of a profit you know yeah but you know it, it goes both ways so 
You were speaking of song structure, and I guess we'll end on this. Okay. Uh, when you were recording stuff, what did you use? Uh, uh, what did you use now to make your recent um, recordings? Um, right now, my brothers and I have demo. I've written a handful of songs. We have demos started for our fifth uh, full-length LP, and we are currently using um, Logic Pro X. I have I've, re- I've recently bought an audio interface. I think it's a Behringer Euphoria, I believe is the model. Um, I recently bought several new microphones, um, which are not USB. We're talking like Excel, like the real deal. I got a pop filter and everything, so we're sounding a lot better. Um, my, we've got my brothers purchased a uh, Paul Reed Smith Custom 24 that he started micing up, and uh, whoo, that thing is amazing. Nice. <laughs> you ought to watch him play it. My, you think I'm a good guitarist? My brother, when we were in the studio. We usually wind up splitting the guitar parts. In live, obviously, we need him to play bass because you know a live show without bass is like. But <laughs> the thing that you never hear, but when you don't hear it, you'll know. You it's know not it's there. gone. Now, yeah. now I will admit that my brother, um, when you listen to his bass tracks, most of the time I try to make them stand out a little bit because he's just that good. Like I, you know, I'm biased. He's my brother. He's he's pretty cool though. Yeah. Like my friend that's at Liberty. Um, we were working on our second LP, and he came by and helped me mix a song, and he was working on equalizing the bass part, and he said, dude, what's up with this bass track? And I said, what, what's wrong with it? He said, nothing's wrong with it. It's just all over the place. <laughs> but um, I think my favorite, um, there's a song on our 2016 LP, um, Here's the Truth. The song's called Mercy, and I had written it, and I tracked that demo, and I said, I called Drew, and I said, and my bassist name is Drew, and I called him. I said, hey, Drew, I need a bass track for this song. And I, he said, okay. And I left the room for like 30 minutes. And I came back, and he was trucking this like little D minor. And I was like, you were just like, it was amazing. You have to go listen to it to hear it for yourself. Nice. But uh, it's pretty fun. So um, is there a reason why you guys aren't on Bandcamp yet? Um, well, part of it is because we're still growing, especially with my young, my, our youngest member is still in middle school. Yeah. So part of that is, you know, my my parents are still at the point, they're not quite, you know, me as an adult, I'm good. But, um, you know, with the world we live in and social media being as dangerous as it is, they're still kind of a little bit restrictive with Bentley in particular. And I respect that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I definitely, you know, well, we have our YouTube channel, we have um, our website, and I post stuff about it on Facebook. But, um, as far as like outside of that, we have looked into iTunes a little bit. We haven't quite. It's pretty hard to get, to get all yeah, that well, to I mean, go through. To, in iTunes, but, you gotta go through a CD Baby or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, with Bandcamp. But, uh, well, with Bandcamp, you just kind of you know put your music up there and it, people can. I'm especially not like familiar with the. Um, I'm not from actually familiar with the setup of Bandcamp. I'd have to look it up. Well, you, you guys but, should definitely uh, look it up. Uh, it's helped a lot of local artists get. I'll have to uh, look better. into it and talk sure. to talk to our talk to our managers about it. Managers? Well, at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day. Okay, well, look, my mom, my mom does booking and my dad does sound for us when we travel, so. Okay. Manager so. slash roadie slash. Slash whatever you want to call slash it. Slash family band. Slash family band. Although we do have one neighbor from down the street that works in the sound booth at our church, and he sometimes will travel. He is not a member of the family, but he will sometimes travel with us and run sound and nice. carry stuff. But uh, he's named Matthew. If you're listening to this, Matthew. You know, you know what I'm talking about. But uh, I, I like it. Um, it's bringing, uh, you guys ultimately are bringing uh, new music in a way of the old fashioned. Um, because, new, yeah. In, because, you know, back in the day, this is how music was, man. You had a few family members get together and they were like, look at, I mean, look at the greats Carter family, 
you know, family yeah. band. Uh, there, there's a lot of good family bands out there, and that's how it. That's how it started, you know. That's how yeah. music was back in those good old days. Very true. Very so, true. Um, that's I def- cool. I definitely. Uh, I appreciate that you guys are doing a good job, and I hope that you guys uh, continue to do a good job. Well, thank you. I hope you guys get bigger or yeah. or fail, or whichever f- one. <laughs> each way, each one is a, each one is. I say that a lot at the end of these because I think that either way, the music experience is just the experience of doing music. That's exactly right. And being a part of it, you know. We've already gotten to experience so much. Just in a little bit, we've done like um, we've traveled, played most every part of the state. We played in Caldwell. We played at the State Fair last summer, which was really fun. We've done a lot of local festivals and worship services here. We played in Kingsport, Tennessee yeah. last fall. And so even if we don't get to do any more than we've done now, I've already been very blessed and amazed by how far we've already come, how yeah. far God's already taken us. So if He decide, if the Lord decides at some point, hey, you know, you're not going to make it big time. I want you to go get a job somewhere and like be an accountant or something. I don't necessarily see that happening. But you know, if that's what happens, you know, He's already blessed us enough that I'm satisfied with what we've done. Yeah. But if we get to go farther, hey, sounds like fun. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But, I mean, you know, like, I think it's like uh, somewhere in uh, Philippians 4 where Paul says, you know, I've learned to be satisfied in all things. And uh, I'm kind of at that point. You know, yeah. I'm satisfied where we are if the Lord chooses to stop. But if we're supposed to go farther on, then further up and further into, quote, C.S. Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just make sure that we're all satisfied with... Um our lives and we're satisfied with listening to local artists and enjoying the music that is made from people who I personally feel have the most heart when it comes to uh, music so thank you guys uh, thank you Will for being on thank you everyone for listening this has been Live Loud and Laundered a bi-weekly podcast talking about everything from Bandcamp and beyond we're going to leave you with Undone Will Pilot's newest recorded and released record and like always rock on
what's best But if I'm honest then I'll confess That I want to understand it all right now But what's the use for having a king If he thinks and acts just like me I'd rather serve a God who's bigger than thou And you've allowed this pain Because it breaks my heart When I've lost everything That's when the trusting starts